five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Nice to be in orbit. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. You're listening to Cluck, the podcast where Ted Cluck and Josh Loftus talk about the things that make them happy because they can. And as always, I am here with my, I don't know if co-host is the right word because the podcast is literally named after you, but we'll <laughs> go with co-host. So Let's go with co-host, yeah, I like that. Co-host, there we go. Ted, how, how are you? Man, I'm okay. Um, it's, it's not the most amazing run of days here lately, but it's also not the worst. So I can acknowledge that like it's, it fits somewhere in the middle, but I I have to tell you, um, and this is going off, off book already here. Okay. Your hair looks great this morning. Oh, thank Um, you. I I feel like we're both, we're both kind of leaning into this kind of mid length nineties hair ish kind of motif and uh it looks really good so shout out shout out your hair yeah yeah doing a nice job with it i'm starting starting my morning off good yeah you know you know sometimes it just takes a little compliment uh just a little compliment i do like dude so so i gotta say like Mm -hmm. uh, to throw it back to you a little bit here sure not to not i mean we were super (laughs) gay on our last step so let's you know let's make sure people seem to have enjoyed that let's lean into it (laughs) They We're getting did. a certain it's amount true. of traction it's in a certain true. community. In a but, certain uh, community, that's right. <laughs> Our numbers were big on hey, that one. <laughs> listeners are listeners. Okay, hey, you know what? We don't we don't discriminate. <laughs> as long as you're hitting download and you're hitting that five star like, right. you know what? We that's don't know right. where it comes from, uh, dude. The Elliot Gould glasses. I've got yeah. to say, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you just wore them just because you wanted to today, or or yeah. you're starting to wear them more. They look great. Thank you, baby. Big, I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. like the 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 almost like leopard pattern on yeah. the on the glasses. Yeah. I love it. It looks a little awesome. bit of a little bit of a statement piece. Yeah, th- this is my. These have become like kind of my daily drivers. You know what I mean? It used there to be go. the 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 sports car that I would get out of the garage like once a week on a nice day, but the, yeah. it's it's the daily driver now, and uh, I'm enjoying them. Uh, they're a lot of fun. They're comfortable. You know, at my age, you 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 can't rely on the raw materials anymore. It's all tricks. That's you know, it's right. all it's all Josh, it's all sleight of hand at my age. It's all sleight of hand. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Divert Misdirect, the attention. Misdirection. It's misdirection. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So um but now, no, I I appreciate it. Now, now I can't tell in the light because it's a little dark yeah. where you're at, but is is that a is that a Patriots hat? No, this is a so I'm dressed for a workout. I'm I'm going to work out right after. Oh, it's this. a headband. Oh, yeah, I see it now. Sorry. In the dark it looked like it looked yeah. like a Patriots hat and I was about ready to I do have a Patriots hat though. And I, I Are you a Patriots guy? You know, so we lived in Michigan for 15 years and okay. so I'm a okay. Lions guy. Um okay. we love the Lions. The Lions were terrible. Annually just sure, terrible. Sure. Like 4 and 12 was kind of the norm. We'd go to Ford Field a couple times a year and take in a game, but the Lions have the most loyal, kind of endearing fan base in the NFL. Yeah. And so we we still ride with the Lions, but but when you're a Lions fan, you have to have a team on the side. And oh. <laughs> sure. I just yeah, I would like exactly. to do a couple of minutes on the Pats and on Belichick since you brought it up. Okay. Right. I am just Josh, I'm fascinated by his football mind. And 
I'm a coach. I'm a player. I have been for my whole life. And so to kind of have somebody in adulthood like Belichick, who's so smart and so adaptable and so interesting and so multiple in terms of what he does, not only from year to year, but from week to week in terms of what he has on his roster, like the Pats kind of became a source of fascination for me about 12 years ago or so. And I've just been kind of reading, tracking, watching, enjoying them ever since. So it's not one of these, like, I have no ties to the Boston area. I'm not a, you know, like a, like a ride or die with Boston teams guy. It's just, I really enjoy Belichick. I've enjoyed watching what they do over the years as a football guy. Well, I've always enjoyed his, his football aesthetic. Yeah, totally. You know, he's got the, he's got the cutoff sweatshirt with the hood up grumpy as all get out like if, mm-hmm. if 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 i didn't know any better i'd think belichick was like a reformed baptist yeah he's just he's just got that like he's got that resting baptist face that does not go away <laughs> rbf yeah, yeah yeah he's got the rbf he's got the <laughs> he's got the hood up he answers questions and grunts um yeah. like okay, I, so like, like he's always been super fascinating yeah so let's let's actually stay on that for a minute and make draw out that analogy a little bit because i think what we appreciate about reform Baptists and it's so cool right now to just crap on reform guys and talk oh, yeah. about how they're the worst and, yeah. and in doing yeah. so make yourself well, look like a big sweetheart. Ted, it's comparison. because we are the worst Ted. We are, I mean, total depravity, right? I mean, <laughs> we gotta, it, it, we gotta remember <laughs> dude. Right. So we get that and we do acknowledge it and we believe it, but there's also an aspect in which I think there are things about that crowd that we enjoy, right? We enjoy oh, yeah. Yeah, their sure. convictions. We enjoy the the kind of depth of their study. So when reform stuff really started to pop the first time, mm-hmm. um, so I'm talking like 15, 18 years ago now. You're talking I, like young, restless reform stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, not yeah, the yeah. first time, maybe the yeah, second time. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I, I think we were drawn to like, wow, these guys really seem to enjoy studying scripture, the result yeah. is like some really, you know, deep theological stuff that we can learn from and grow from. And mm-hmm. and then, of course, mm-hmm. with any trend, with anything that gets popular, you know, you start eating your own and whittling away at people. And uh, it's just kind of gross. It's, cause it's because of total depravity that we do that, right? So yeah. I think with Belichick, it's been similar in that, yeah, you love kind of the depth of knowledge and study and devotion and commitment he does seem a bit joyless, but but what I've read about him is that he's actually different behind closed doors and with people that he trusts. And you know, he's I I, th- I think at the end of the day, Josh, he really just loves the game, and I think yeah. that's a yeah. that's a way in which I connect with him. Like as the years go by and my interest in the game kind of ebbs and flows, like I really do. I just love football, you know. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I love learning about football, which is kind of why I like the Patriots. That was way more than you asked for when you well, made no, reference no, no. to my headband. No, 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 it's okay. Like yeah. he, he, he's always <laughs> struck me as kind of one of the last holdouts of like the old NFL coaches. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, like you've got this new wave of of young guys yeah. that are coming in as head coaches now that have all been like yeah. you know, offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators and things like that. Belichick to me has always seemed like. He's always seemed like kind of a remnant of an old school type of coaching. Josh, that's so prescient by you. And let's do a couple minutes on that. Okay. okay. So yeah, we're why not? Yeah. <laughs> we're just kind of doing whatever we want at this point. Yeah. But this is a this is a like a minute and a half rant that I've wanted to do for a while. <laughs> there so we, go. we are 
we are in the call sheet era of the NFL in terms mm-hmm. of head coaching, right? So you you cut to that shot of the coach on the sideline, and he's got this laminated sheet of paper that's like as big as a poster, right? right. And it's got 1,200 play calls on it, and he's moving his finger around the board and feeling like he has to call all of them, right? Yeah. Whereas Belichick is a, is a fundamentally different type of coach in that I think for him, it's still more about personnel matchups that he wants to exploit mm-hmm. rather than just call sheet stuff. So Belichick will go into a game and go... So the, the Bills game, the midseason Bills game, where they went into Buffalo and they ran it like 48 times and passed it three times or whatever. Yeah. That was a great example of like, okay, what can we do with who we have against who they have? And... They called the same play like 14 times, right? Well, because it mean, worked. That's it. And they're and I think that's how Belichick approaches a week. Um, not always. And sometimes, look, sometimes he'll do the call sheet thing and look really multiple. But other times, I think he's just looking to exploit personnel matchups. And I think in the play design era where we're kind of platforming these 36-year-old hipsters in like tight shirts and we're we're – kind of looking for the next that guy. Yeah. It is a fundamentally different approach to the game, whereas I think Belichick looks at people more than play design, and I, I'm drawn to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I, 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 I think I would agree. Yeah, and it's... Yeah. It's I'm not and what's gonna be interesting to see is that he's had he's had the luxury of having an all star quarterback for all of these years yeah. that has really like like the formative coaching years of Belichick coincided yeah. with the formative years of Brady. Yeah. Right? And now that was that, magic. And now that it, it really was and it mm-hmm. worked. Yeah. Right. And it and it worked. And now that yeah. Brady is gone, I'm gonna be interested to see how he how how he adapts. Yeah. Right? Because the QB they got now is not Brady. I think he's struggling. You know? I, I like the yeah. QB that they have now. Their free agent signings, especially offensively, were mostly a bust. Um, yeah. yeah. Johnu Smith was terrible. Hunter Henry was ordinary. He was fine. Kendrick Bourne was actually great um, as compared with his expectations. He, he overperformed. Um, Nelson Aguilar was bad. So, like, you look at their, their season, their offseason of, like, lavish spending last year and you go really like Matt Judon and Kendrick Bourne were the only two kind of bright spots from that so um you know it's going to be an interesting offseason for them they're going to have some people that they have to pay and some people that they have to let walk but I don't know like watching Bill adapt to this iteration of the roster is going to be really fascinating to me yeah well and you know what's also interesting is I don't see Bill as being the kind of guy who's like he doesn't seem like a guy who would have a lot of patience for like young shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like if you're going to be if you're going to be successful in the Patriots, you better grow up really quick. Like if yeah. we sign you, you you better like there better be no like he's basically like the old grandpa, like who you know, like the World War II guy. It's like you spend time at your grandpa and grandma's and you know <laughs> like I've gotta shape up because like this guy's seen some stuff. Yeah, this guy's seen <laughs> and, some stuff, but the you know, ceiling on hanging out with that guy can be really magical. Oh, massive. Like, it can if, be tough, you, but it can be really magical. If you humble time. yourself. I mean I mean it's That's just right. a good I mean it's just a good life lesson just in general. If you humble yeah. yourself, you're going to go much farther with this dude yeah, that's than right. than perhaps a younger coach would. Yeah. Right. That's right. But and you're gonna have you're gonna have more success in the long run. 
there's lots of examples of that working. You know, it worked with Randy Moss. It worked with Corey Dillon. You know, like these worked these with guys. The kid. Yeah, worked with a karate kid. That's right. <laughs> Which, by the way, I'm totally out on um, Cobra Kai. I I I haven't seen season four. Is there? Something I got bored season... with it. Uh, I watched you? like okay. a season and a half of it, and uh, and I and I was done. I feel like uh, I don't know, but it's still it's still getting talked about. I guess. Yeah, it is. It's still point. getting talked about. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Ted, let's let, let's <laughs> jump over a little bit um, before we hop into our topic today. Um, yeah. I've got a. Uh, I've got a little fact for you. All right, uh, and, I love and these I, facts. And I don't know if this is actually going to give us much traction. It's just a okay. fact that came across that kind of made me laugh. Sure. But in the 1960s, mm-hmm. um, you know, everything good happened in the 60s, right? Yeah. Oh, great the, decade. Great decade. In the 1960s, the CIA spent 20 million dollars mm-hmm. on a cat equipped with gear to mm-hmm. spy on the Soviets. <laughs> All right. Uh huh. The cat was hit by a taxi. Oh, tough. <laughs> yeah. So, so I don't want to step so, on your thing. Is there more? Like, no, that no, that's literally it. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing else. Here's the crazy thing about that. Like there's there's actual multiple angles, multiple ways into that. So, that so this does way. have legs. Yeah, I think it does. All right, I let's mean, go. I love cats. Like I'm such Do a you? huge cat. Lover. Oh, okay. I I own two cats. I have an I have an outdoor cat and an indoor cat, and mm-hmm. I love them both dearly. And and as such, I can't imagine trying to equip them to be spies. And and I can't <laughs> well, imagine. Like, like, what are you strap? Like, 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 what are you doing? That's yeah. my question. Right. So, there's, what is there's, this gear? There's not a lot of accessories that cats wear, so I, I would say your yeah. gear, your gear kind of universe is limited. So yeah. I'm imagining some kind of recording device around the the little collar that cats sometimes wear. Um, <laughs> and and how were you gonna sneak a cat into sort of the 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 the, the rarefied kind of backroom dealings of Russian politics? Well, you like, know? did they have like an in on like okay, this Russian diplomat that's here is a huge cat guy? Yeah, yeah we're gonna exactly. we're gonna like we're gonna like present this cat. That would be a way like, to spy hey, on me. Like if anyone ever you. <laughs> if anyone ever wanted to do like deep espionage in the cluck household, just introduce like a kitten, <laughs> a brand and, new uh, kitten. Yeah, brand new kitten, and uh, you know, put a little device around its neck. But that's uh, right. yeah, I don't know that's bizarre like I, and I, I feel like that's back when just culturally we were a lot more open to sort of um skeevy espionage tactics well, I, feel like well, in, I know yeah, yeah that's the thing it's like what i mean okay so what's the worst that's gonna happen we're yeah. out of cat yeah right yeah, but the exactly. problem is it didn't like the cat didn't even it didn't even it die didn't even in the line it. of duty yeah yeah <laughs> like they're like okay okay send the send the cat over he's over there boom taxi right so what were you doing uh I, yeah, like I, I question the thought process of like, so we've been in sort of Soviet cities, big Soviet cities. We adopted two boys from uh, Ukraine, which was a yeah. part of the former Soviet Union. And the way that people drive in these cultures, they're driving on the sidewalk, they're parking on the sidewalk. It's just madness. Like right, traffic right. rules are a suggestion at best. So, I, I was there trying to keep two kids alive on these streets. <laughs> like right. yeah. two little boys, I'm trying to walk around with them and keep them alive. But like, I can't imagine trying to keep a cat alive on those streets. And it and it sounds like it did not work out well. Well, no, it didn't work out well. And then yeah. my, my only other question yeah. uh, like on this is like, what are you, what are you 
fitting this cat with yeah that that's 20 million dollars like wow. are like like are you making yeah. it like, are you replacing its limbs with like robot hands and it's got lace yeah. like like is this is this the six million dollar well no it's the 20 million dollar cat but well, in 20, 20 mil in a nineteen sixties context is lot. insane. That's like a hundred mil in in you know in current day what value. What piece of equipment are you putting on a cat that is twenty million dollars? Like that's I don't know, man. I don't know. It makes me almost want to buy the movie rights to that. I question, and, and right? Sort of, yeah. you know, spin that out a little bit. But uh, right. yeah, fascinating bit of trivia, Josh Loftus. There you that go. Was really there you good. go. You know, yeah. I, I I do my best. So, all right, Ted. Well, kind of piggybacking on what we were talking about earlier with Belichick mm-hmm. and how how um, you know kind of relationships mold and uh, and and those those types of dynamics. A topic that came into my head the other day that I thought would be a good one for Cluck. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just because I don't really have another podcast that would really talk about this specifically, mm-hmm. is I want to get into mm-hmm. for you personally and and for myself, yeah, what makes a good friend? Oh wow! So yeah. a little bit more introspective. Uh huh. Um, I think I think there's still some room for humor, right? But yeah. but yeah. but when we talk about friendship today, yeah, and you think about your life, think about yeah. the people that are closest to you, yeah. What what do we expect? What do yeah. we want when it comes to somebody being an actual friend? Yeah, man, really good question. Really thoughtful. I like it. So for me, the I guess the number one thing, and I want to hear you on this too, that yeah. jumps to mind is the level of vulnerability has to be reciprocated. In, in as much as if I'm sharing deep things with you, things of a personal nature or things of a, even a, like these are sin struggles that I have kind of a nature. I'm going to want that to be reciprocated. And if it's not, the friendship is probably going to stagnate at a certain level. Right. And we may be the kind of friends who can, you know, laugh about movies or talk about Belichick or whatever. But if, if I'm desiring or kind of giving out a deeper level of, communication and it's not being reciprocated you know we're gonna stall out and I think that's where a lot of dudes kind of see their friendships die or see their friendships stagnate at a certain level I think there are a lot of dudes out there that are comfortable talking about work or talking about sports or laughing about this or that but like asking for prayer um sharing things of a personal nature like that about our marriages or sharing failures or whatever, that's what hangs a lot of dudes up. And I think that's why a lot of guys don't have close friendships. Um, What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, that was honestly, if not number one, very, very close to number one for me as well. Mm -hmm. Like if, if I'm going to... If I'm going to take the time to invest emotionally into somebody, mm-hmm. right? Because friendship takes work, right? Yeah. And yeah. and and I mean, there's a lot of joy, right? But if yeah. but if your friend is down, like like you got to be there, right? Yeah, that's right. So and so that's if, biblical, right? It it is biblical. Yeah, it, yeah very very much so. It is, mm-hmm. and it's if I'm going to take the time to do that, I want to know that that person also has my back. Yeah, right. So. That authenticity, that vulnerability that you're talking about, mm-hmm. I think is 
it it has to be one of the core tenets of the friendship. Otherwise, like you yeah. said, we're we're gonna go to a certain point and we're gonna march up to a certain line, mm-hmm. but that's where it's gonna stop, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. not it's not to say that 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 can't change, but it requires both parties to to be just as authentic and just as open with the things that they struggle with as the other party. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. if I'm if I'm the only one that's you know confessing sin or saying hey mm-hmm. you know I need some prayer for this or hey mm-hmm. you know I had a I had a bad week with family or friends or something like that. like yeah. if I'm the only one doing that, um, one that's gonna get that's gonna continue to be super awkward for that other person because they're like I'm not yeah. asking for this. Right. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and, and and two, like I'm mm-hmm. putting a lot of effort and things into something that is not going to that that's honestly not wanted. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right. So. So, yeah, it has to be. I think that that is one of the core things for me is like if I'm going to have a deep friendship with somebody, they're going to know all my crap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So at a very real level, I think. And if, if we're looking at ingredients of what makes a good friendship, there have to be some mutual shared interests, right? Yeah. So yeah. like... I think so. Um, one of my best friends in the world, I've known him for 25 years. We went to college together. At first blush, we didn't have a lot in common. Uh, he was really bookish. He was into... He was like in the music theology program. And, and like at first blush, we didn't have a lot in common. But we... This is funny. You'll appreciate this just by way of a little story. Yeah. Um, so in our dorm, we were we were on the second floor, Second East Wingett's Hall at Taylor University, and I would have to walk down the hall to go to the bathroom. So it was like a shared bathroom. So if you wanted to take a leak, you were walking down the hall, and this guy had right. the room that was like right across the hall from the bathroom, and in his the best room, room in the dorm. Yeah, in his yeah. room, he had a full length like a skinny mirror. Right. Um, And so what would happen was I would leave the bathroom and I was kind of vain back then, still kind of vain, actually. But I was (laughs) I was, you know, lifting a lot, still lifting a lot. But like back then, I looked really good. Sure. And so I would come out of the bathroom and I would kind of I would kind of flex it up and I would check myself out in these guys full length mirror. (laughs) And I didn't know these guys at all, but I would just sort of like, I would pause and why you'd walk into their room (laughs) and be like, Hey, give me a moment. Give me a second guys. Yeah. Use your mirror. (laughs) I don't mean to interrupt your studying. (laughs) This won't take it. While they're just like laying in their bunks reading. Like, what is this? What is this? What is, what is happening? This won't take but a minute fellas, you know, but but, but, feel free, feel free to enjoy the show. So I would like, I would do one of these, check out my tricep. Yeah. Look at the horseshoe, you know, in the in the mirror and um eventually i started hanging around and started chatting and this guy Corey, became like my my best friend and uh so he's one of these guys we have minimal i think shared interests like we both love the lord we both love you know our families and we like he's he's a a casual enough football fan you know he's not as rabid about it as i am but like it's really powered the friendship over these years, but really, what's powered it? What's been the engine is like re- reciprocity in terms of being vulnerable, asking for prayer, praying for each other, being faithful in prayer for each other. And I really love this dude, and it's really been interesting. Like if you had asked me in college, who's the guy from Second East Wing Hall at Taylor that you're going to be in touch with 25 years later, I probably would not have said him. 
Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. been a real gift from the Lord, and it's been really nice. And, um, you know, so I, I think, you know, and, and as you get older in friendships with guys, like it helps if there's a project that you're doing together. And some friends just become project friends, and that's all they are. But sometimes the project will, like, spawn a really deep, kind of meaningful friendship not always but once in a while it, it works that way yeah yeah i think i think another one for me is there has to be a mutual desire for contact and connection yeah right if i'm the only one that is putting the work into like you know mm-hmm. text or yeah. just just keep in contact in general yeah and and there's really not any like response yeah right? yeah like yeah. that, that, that to me is a friendship killer. And yeah. I know, I know I might sound like such a diva right now, but, but honestly, yeah. if, if you don't text me back, I'm not going to be offended. It just, right. it just tells me that you're just really not interested in, in communicating, which is fine, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but again, that is going to create a dynamic where the friendship is only going to go so far. Right. Yeah. And everybody's threshold for that is different. And, and it, it is, it is. Yeah. And there are certain points in life where, like, you're not really auditioning new people. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's like, exactly. my roster's full. Yeah. You know, my friend roster's full. Maybe you're in a season of life where it's like, you know, and I've been in this season, especially when my kids were younger. Mm. I don't feel like I had a lot of bandwidth and a lot of, like, margin to to keep a bunch of friendship plates spinning. And, like, I had a couple of friends at church. I had this guy from college and that was pretty much it you know whereas now i feel like i'm in a a little bit more spacious place in terms of what i can handle because my kids are getting older and they're easier and you know life is just different but um yeah i i find though and tell me if you find this Mm. in your travels or whatever throughout christendom i just meet dudes all the time who are like starving for real friendship and sometimes they try to have it with me in like a long distance way when really they should be probably seeking it out in their local churches. Um, and they're not doing it because maybe they don't know how to do it. And maybe nobody in their local church knows how to do it. But I, I also feel like it's not that complicated. Um, what do you think, dude? Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with that. I think... Yeah. I think the best friend, the best and closest friendships that I've had have come from my local church. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the way it should be. Yeah. I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Now, obviously, yeah. you know, there's, there's outliers here and there, but, yeah. but I think, I think generally if I don't think wanting deep friendships is a bad thing, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but I also think that especially in the camp that you and I seem to run in, yeah. It's really difficult for men to find that. Yeah. Because of the things that we've been talking about, the yeah. the humility, the vulnerability, the authenticity, yeah. like all of the things that require actually a deep friendship to form, reform guys have a hard time doing that. Yeah, and you and also that's a great point. And you introduce also that dynamic of like Maybe being friends with this guy could be a springboard to my publishing career oh, or making my podcast yeah. more popular or whatever. And there's like this usy, climby kind of careerist dynamic within reformdom that's a bit gross. Um, right, right. Which, which, yeah. which isn't friendship at the end right. of the day. Because if you're if you're viewing that, 
if you're viewing that relationship even remotely through those lens is like, yeah, yeah. Well, I like this guy. We're good friends, but you know, we'll see what opportunities pop up. It's like, yeah, it's 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 just sleazy, and I I, al- I don't like it. No, I hate it. I almost wish at the beginning certain guys would have just said to me, "Hey, just to be completely clear, I am using you for your publishing contacts. Right. I right. would like for your agent to be my agent." <laughs> And I think if if they had been that upfront, I would have been like, okay, cool. Like, that's a little gross, but at least I know what I'm dealing with. Right, right, right. right. It's not that they're going to put all of this this work and time into getting buddy-buddy with you and then spring, hey, Ted, uh, you know. Let's do a book together or let's, let's like, (laughs) you know. Let's do a podcast together. Let's do a podcast, which I I realize that. The paradigm, the pathology that I'm laying out sounds exactly like to the letter, like what you did with me. Uh, and maybe it is. Maybe we're just using no, it's each other. Not, no, no, it's no, not. no, I'm just kidding. No. I'm joking. No, I want to be joking. very clear. No, 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 I'm joking. Ted and I were friends long before. We and by long before, it. I mean weeks, three weeks. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Three um, weeks. You're making this sound so bad right now. No, I know, uh, but I, I think you. Yeah. And and look, That's like so I'm funny. old enough. I'm not a young man anymore, and I've I've been through, I've been through this for 20 years, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. for 20 years, I feel like, and I'm not even that successful, but I feel like I've lo- I've launched more people than Cape Canaveral, man. Like, <laughs> and 20 years ago, I would be flattered when somebody would be like. Hey, let's go to lunch. I want to talk about your book. Right. I was naive and wide-eyed and and I was like, "Oh, cool." And what they really wanted was to meet my agent and do a book together and and yeah. I mean, I'm still connected with some of those people to this sure, day. Sure. But sure. um but but now like I feel like I'm better at seeing that coming and I can tell when someone's just a slime ball and they just want to use me for something and sometimes I still let that happen but um <laughs> you know that that's not you to be clear yeah <laughs> well I I, ap- I appreciate the authenticity for and sure. the vulnerability the honesty sure. there yeah sure. yeah I'm glad to know that uh, you're not just lying in wait uh waiting for Josh to spring hey Ted let me uh you know let's talk books yeah, no, yeah. And and I think 20 years ago I would have been so flattered by that that I would have I would have immediately said yes to let's talk books. But now I wouldn't. And right. and that's good. Like it's it's made me a little bit more savvy in terms of who I let into my life. And yeah, I mean with this there was a mutual enjoyment of of this thing that we both like, which is podcasting, but also reciprocity in terms of, you know, the kind of things that we were sharing sort of off the field or whatever. So sure. uh yeah. yeah, it struck me at a much realer level than just, hey, you're somebody who's done books. Let's try to get a book deal because we can. And right. again, to my shame, I've done a few of those. Sure. And um sure. you know, it, it's whatever. But well uh, well and I think I think something something that that again, like I, I don't I don't want to put it all on you i think something mm-hmm. that kind of for lack of a better term attracted me to you sure was was that we we both have kind of this mentality of like and we've talked about this off the air before too like we don't 
we don't really want any any book deals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, um, it's not. And that's something... new. You know, that's yeah, new for sure, me. Sure, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but <clears throat> I think I think what really kind of began to launch mm-hmm. you and I talking was just the love that we have for our church. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, because because I've had you as a guest on on a couple podcasts and stuff like that, mm. where we just talked about the church. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I really was like struck with like, wow, like the the level of hype that this dude puts on his church, <laughs> I really really like, and I yeah. really really appreciate. It. And I think that yeah. I think that's where the friendship started. Yeah. And and I think that that is a fantastic place for it to start. Right. I agree. It didn't, yeah. It didn't start in this like big conference thing or big book thing it was like dude we both were regular guys with regular jobs that love the church yeah right? and i and i just that aspect of it i really appreciate yeah no i i agree and i appreciate that too and it's and it's like that's starting with an affection that's housed outside of ourselves right yeah yeah so rather than just i love myself i want to see my name on a book you know or i want to see my name on a conference poster or whatever we're starting with i love something else i think it's something that the lord would have me love with the unbridled affection of a child you know and Mm -hmm. and as a result i can talk about it at length there's almost no end to how much i can talk about how i love my church um because it's a gift it's a gift from the lord and like we can talk about gifts from the lord you know, joyfully and almost without end. And, um, yeah, when you start a friendship on that, it's, uh, it, it tends to be a nice way to start it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And it, and it makes, yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think, I think the foundation and kind of how the friendship begins is a very good indication of where it's going to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I agree. Not not always. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think we see so much, especially in social media, so much pandering, Oh man! To yeah. to you know to other people and trying mm-hmm. to like form connections and friendship you know friendships with with quotes around it friendships yeah. right yeah knowing that like oh you know it's almost like having having a friend in yeah. every aspect of life so that you have something <clears throat> to be like okay if I want to go this direction oh I got a connection here if yeah. I want to go this connection oh I got a correct uh, you know a, yeah. a connection here. And yeah. it's it's just to me it's it, that's not friendship. It's just lining your pockets with as many, like with, with as many avenues for business as possible. Yeah, you're making right? moves, and making yeah. moves is something fundamentally different than having friends. You know, and um, I wish people would just be honest about it. I wish they would too, you and, know? and that would be helpful. And I'll say this though, by way of a, by way of a cautionary word to us. Yeah. being in the business that we're in. And this dates back 20 years to like the kind of writing that I was doing early in my career. And in fact, the kind of writing that I'm still doing. And then also the kind of work that I'm doing on my podcast. There's an inherent level of knowability that I bring to the work, right? So like when you're a memoirist or a personal essay writer, you're letting people know a part of yourself and it's curated, right? Because it's on the page and you're thinking through how you want to present it, but it's still a level of knowability in which the reader often goes, Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. I think that way too. Or I see the world that way, or Mm -hmm. I love the way he said that I've always thought it. So that's the kind of work that I've been doing. And baked into that is a certain level of like, 
people feel like they know you because of it. So because they listen to Happy Rant or because they read a a essay collection or whatever, there's a sense of like, I know all these things about this person. They don't know anything about me, but yet I feel like we're friends. So at one level, that that's a dynamic that helps make your podcast successful, but it can also create this weird thing where a person feels like, you know, Ted Cluck is a is a lifelong friend, even though we've never met. And even though I live in, you know, a different country or whatever. Um, And it's something I've got to be careful of because you don't want to peddle your knowability. You know what I mean? You don't want to create a a faux sense of knowability or vulnerability, which is why you you see a lot of guys on social media doing kind of the faux vulnerability thing. Like, oh, it's so hard. You know, and and I just feel so burdened or whatever. And it's like, that's fake because there's nothing specific about it, right? You're not saying, you know, if, if, if that same hypothetical person was like, it's so hard because I'm racked with guilt about, you know, a sin that I committed yesterday... Right. Then I would feel a little bit more like, okay, I'll listen to this person, you know? Sure, sure. So the point being, I want to make sure my work... If I'm doing the vulnerability, no ability thing, I want to make sure it actually rings true. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. And I think yeah. I think I think if that's the desire, right? Not just in friendships or not just in work. Like if we I think if we have the desire and do the work to just be that kind of person in general, is 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 I, I want to be as open of a book as I can be with with people who who want to get to know me, just because at the end of the day it's it makes Jesus look so much better because yeah. I'm because because I'm a mess, yeah. right? And if, yeah. and if and if you can see how much of a mess I am, it shows yeah. you how great Jesus is. Okay, right? so let's let's stay on that for a minute though, because I I yeah. think this is something that dudes have trouble with. It's mm. like mm. there's a certain kind of dude who assents intellectually to what you just said, who yeah. goes, "Okay, it's important for me to look like I'm a mess." So that I can connect with other people who are a mess. Right. But in fact, I'm not showing or saying anything that actually, you know, demonstrates that I'm a mess. In fact, I'm looking amazing. And even the way I talk about being a mess makes me look amazing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Does that make any sense at all, Josh? No, no. I I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's it's frustrating because it's, it's like this... It's faux authenticity is what yeah. it is. Yeah. It's not it's not real. It's curated. It's, it's curated yeah. and it's putting out it's it's putting out the best parts of yourself and framing them in a way that they're bad. So like, you know, it's like in a job interview, right? When they ask mm-hmm. you like what what are some of your, you know, worst traits? Like, well, I just care too much. I'm a I, I care too much. You know, I, yeah. I I you know what? I just I I get married to the job. Yeah. Right? It's like, okay, you're not telling me anything that's actually, excuse me, that's actually yeah. bad about you. Yeah, you're being very vague, very general. Yeah, because it doesn't require you to actually get specific with. Well, yesterday, yeah. I snapped at my wife. Yeah, right. And and I was completely wrong. And yeah. I know God forgives me, but yeah, you know, it's but I learned a lesson. You know, and it's like yeah, that's the type of vulnerability that creates friendships. Yeah. Not the Ted, you know, I'm struggling today, man. I'm just, you know, I'm just really struggling with patience. 
this week. Yeah. At least, I mean, and, and look, I mean, obviously struggling with patience is a real thing. But tell me, tell me how. Yeah. Right. Tell, tell me why. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's right. That's what's authentic. So I think that's why a lot of dudes get to like 45 or 50 and they realize I have a lot of people that I know. I have a lot of connections that I'm trying to work but I don't actually have any friends, you know? Yeah. And that's a sad kind of scary place to be, I think. And, you know, you, you don't want to get to 50 and have that be true of you, but it's true of a lot of people. It's true of a lot of people that I know well and that I love. And, and, um, I want something different for them, but it, it, it does, it, it involves some risk. And I think that's what Mm -hmm. we're talking about. Like, Mm -hmm. Being a real friend, being a good friend, somebody's got to take the risk first. Somebody's got to send the first text that says, I need prayer. I'm not doing well. I feel tempted. I feel guilty. Whatever the case may be, um, it implies some like some real honesty. Yeah. 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 I think I think friendship requires risk. Yeah. I think I think any any relationship worth worth having requires there's a level of risk there. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah. All right, Ted. Well, I think uh, I think we knocked that horse uh, clean 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 out. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we're gonna do we're gonna do a quick cluck or suck. Oh yeah, then, nice. Uh, and then uh, and then our next step will be a little bit more hearty. Well, I okay. don't know if hearty is the right word, but 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 definitely definitely not not as heavy. There we go. This up was great. I enjoyed it. So okay, well, in t- Ted, in keep, and I didn't add this. This was actually yeah. this was actually part of the list in keeping with mm-hmm. our topic for today. Mm-hmm. Cluck or suck? Uh huh. Long distance friendships. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Look, I, oh. I didn't I didn't add it. It was there the entire time. Are you trying to tell me anything? <laughs> you know. Like. <laughs> If I say Ted, they su- Ted, I'm just trying to confirm whether or not this is real. Okay? If I yeah, if I say yeah. they suck, if you say suck, we're done. Podcast over. You're like, hey, I, I didn't plan this. Cluck or suck? Like Cluck. bigger dudes with big beards who like cigars. I mean, just hypothetically, you know. Can you can you give me can you give me on a scale of one to ten? Where, yeah, where where you at with uh, bigger you know- dudes with beards who also host podcasts about the local church? Who live in Washington State? Cluck or, or suck. suck? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Let's um, not let's not even do that one. That one's a stupid one. I think a better one. UFC. Okay. N- now, okay. now yeah. there is both great love in like the yeah. Mark Driscoll esque reformdom for yeah, UFC, yeah, 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 yeah. but then for there sure. is also great it, also within reformdom. Yeah. A lot of hate for UFC yeah. because because it's too violent. I'm gonna preface this by saying. You, and you know this about me, but the listeners yeah. might not. I love violent sports. Uh, the only two sports I've ever really loved were football and boxing. Um, I've been in football all my life. I was in boxing for a little while. I love them both. Um, as a result, the UFC thing has really never done it for me. So okay. I would say for me, it sucks. There's just, Josh, something about the aesthetic of... The cage, like the chain link fence that feels really crass, really dirtbag. I don't know. The, the whole approach to it just doesn't do anything for me. The aesthetic of the matches themselves, like, you know, they're down on the ground. I don't know. Like, I just, there's a certain elegance to boxing, even though boxing is gross and violent and and 
all those things. Like there's a certain elegance to it that I enjoy and appreciate that's not there for me with UFC. So I would say for me, it sucks personally, but like for, for the culture at large, it probably clucks and I get it. Like I don't, I don't begrudge anybody liking it. I'm not an anti UFC crusader. Um, I don't, I don't want to dampen anybody's enjoyment of it, but uh, I would say for me that it probably sucks. There we go. There we go. There we Where go. are you at on it? What about you? Um, f- for me, it. I would say I'm more on the clucks than sucks, although mm-hmm. if I had the choice to watch a heavyweight, if I had a choice between to watch a championship UFC and championship boxing, I'm choosing boxing 10 times out of 10. Yeah, interesting. Now, why is that? Just, just because I have more nostalgia with boxing, I have yeah. more. I think, I think emotional ties to boxing. My yeah. grandfather was Golden Gloves in the army. My That's grandfather awesome. taught my dad how to box. My dad taught me how to box. Oh, super! Like, cool. like, like boxing has just kind of always just been something where I have just. It's always been that sport where it's yeah. It's just whenever boxing's on, I'm gonna watch it, right, dude? It's he, a, it's a shame I don't still have my ring. You know, I, when I lived in Michigan, I had a ring in my basement. Yeah, you told um, me that. I know that'd be amazing, man. And I no longer yeah. have a basement because I live in Tennessee now, and they don't do, they don't do basements here. But I wish I still had my ring. We could spar. That, that would be, be a, that, that would be a lot of fun. That, would. that would be. I mean, yeah. I, I would die, but that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> that'd be a oh, lot of gosh, fun. Oh gosh, I love it, and I, yeah. I really miss doing that. You know, yeah. I really really miss it. It was it was a great sport. So sure. Isn't there is there any better workout? Man, no, boxing it's such is, a good workout. Holy smokes, man. And it's so like, and people who don't, who haven't done the sport can't understand this. So the guy that I sparred with for years was a pro heavyweight. Um, his name was oh. Sam. And okay. um, I was actually his manager for a little while. I managed him out of my basement in uh, in Michigan. But yeah. Sam was, and he was great. He was a great boxer. Um, really big guy. He was probably like 6'4", 6'5", about 270. Wow. Um, so he made me look small. And I'm 6'2", yeah. 235, 240. Um, and he taught me really everything that I knew about boxing. He and his dad. His dad was a was a trainer. Um, and he was the nicest guy. And we could have this dynamic where we were just beating on each other, just wailing on each other in the ring. But like... We we had no animosity toward one another. Yeah, we just we right. really loved each other, and the, that friendship was built on a shared love of boxing. Um, and we ended up sharing some deep, kind of hard things about our lives with each other, and that was just a really sweet friendship. So Sam, coming if you're listening, I miss you. Um, great dude, great boxer. There we go. There we yeah. go. Well, right on. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate the 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 uh, the way you guys interact with with uh, our episodes too. We like the comments and the the suggestions and all that stuff. A um, little bit more introspective on this app. Uh, you yeah. know, I'm not gonna lie. Left this app feeling a little shaky, but but yeah. it's okay. You know, it's shaky. Okay. How? <laughs> like, you, are you questioning our the 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 kind of undergirding? Uh, moorings of our friendship or just shaking? Not, not questioning the friendship, uh-huh. but definitely questioning, at least in my head, Okay, the, um, I'm scared that I have planted a seed into Ted's mind that he is just waiting. He's waiting for the book to drop, as no, it were. No, I'm not. He's waiting for the for Josh to say, hey, Ted, um, you know, how about, how about sharing me some numbers? Uh, yeah, because yeah. if that's in the back of the head... Oh boy, this it's is, not, this dude. Is good. I'm not even. I'm not even in that headspace. And I think I've like. There we go. 
adequately convinced you that I'm not I'm not looking to do a book. And, yeah, um, it's true. I th- it's and true. I think you believe it. Which is oh good. yeah, well, well, and yeah. to be fair, you convinced me of that. I mean, I, that wasn't something I brought up. Just yeah, to be for clear. sure. I yeah, wasn't, no, I no. wasn't fishing the waters until no, like, no. Ah, I'm not really feeling like that. So. No, exactly, exactly. For sure. Uh, anyway, well, guys, we thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoy the honesty, the authenticity, the vulnerability that we try to have on this podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. You can head on over to all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at CluckCast. New episodes get dropped every Wednesday. We'll catch you on the next episode of Cluck. Later. <laughs>